Ave Maria, welcome back to No Apologies. We continue to take a look at some of the Old Testament types of Our Lady, and today we're going to look at Mary as the new Eve. So just as Eve, by her disobedience, played a central part in bringing about the fall of man, so Mary, by her obedience, plays a central part in bringing about the redemption of man. This role of Mary was prophesied by our Lord already in the book of Genesis. Just after the fall, if you look in chapter 3, verse 15 through 17, you read this. It says, God speaking to the devil, I will put enmities between thee and the woman, and thy seed and her seed. She shall crush thy head, and thou shalt lie in wait for her heel. So a woman is to crush the head of the serpent, and she does this with her seed, which is the fruit of her obedience. This connection was recognized by the church as early as the second century. St. Justin Martyr wrote about it in the year 155, which is really just 50 to 60 years after the death of St. John the Apostle. And St. Irenaeus writes about it around the year 180, and he just simply puts it like this, The knot of Eve's disobedience was undone by Mary's obedience. But what's more is we can actually look in the Old Testament and see prefigurements of this role being played out within the history of Israel. And we're going to look at two of these examples. The first is in the book of Judges, in chapter 4. In that chapter, we read about a battle which is about to take place between Israel and the Canaanites. At that time in Israel, there is a prophetess named Deborah, and she prophesies that the Lord indeed would give Israel the victory, but that Sisera, the Canaanite general, would flee from the field and be delivered into the hands of a woman. And so it happens. The Israelites attack, they win the battle, but Sisera flees. And he comes across a tent owned by a woman named Jael. And Jael convinces him to come inside to take refuge. While he's inside, he asks Jael for a glass of water, and she gives him a glass of milk. And it's not long before he's fast asleep. And as soon as he's asleep, Jael sneaks up to him, puts a tent peg to his temple, and hammers it through his skull into the ground. So Jael crushes the head of Israel's enemies with the tent peg. Now the second example we want to look at is in the book of Judith, chapter 12 and chapter 13. In these chapters we see a similar situation. Israel is being threatened, this time by the Syrian army, whose commander's name is Holofernes. They're on the brink of despair when Judith approaches the elders. She upbraids them for their lack of faith, and then she convinces them to let her carry out a plan to save Israel. So at night, she sneaks down to the Assyrian army's camp, and she convinces Holofernes that she's abandoned Israel because she's convinced of their upcoming destruction. And because of her beauty and because of her eloquence, Holofernes decides to keep her there in the camp. But at her request, he gives her permission to leave the camp at night in order to go to pray to the Lord. Now on the fourth night, Holofernes has a party and he drinks too much, and he ends up being passed out in his chambers. Judah sneaks up, takes his own sword from his scabbard, and cuts his head off. She puts his head in her basket, and just like the three nights before, walks right out of the enemy camp. She goes to the Israelite camp, and she holds up the head of Holofernes, and declares that God has given them the victory, that in the morning they should go to the Assyrian camp and attack, and when they go to Holofernes' tent, They'll find him dead, and they'll be thrown into confusion. That's exactly what happens. So these two women were prefigurements of Our Lady. So just as they crushed the head of Israel's enemies, so Our Lady, as a new Eve, crushes the head of the serpent, 
She doesn't use a tent peg. She doesn't use a sword. She uses her seed, which is the fruit of her obedience. I hope to see you again here on No Apologies. Ave Maria.